Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to Magic the Final Frontier. This is part two of our Guilds of Ravnica set review. Oh no, not Guilds of Ravnica. Ravnica Allegiance, the second one. <laughs> the eighth one, really, if you want to count all the other Ravnica sets. So, we in our last episode, we talked all about what is new in Ravnica Allegiance, talking through the multi... The many, many monocolored cards that are going to be interesting in that set. Sorry, you know, we're recording this right after our last one. We're already getting a little bit uh, long in the day so here. So we're going to move on. I've got Ryan. I've still got Matt with me. Hopefully you guys listened to the last episode. We are talking multicolored cards in Ravnica Legions and going over everything that's going to be new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. So who goes first? <sighs> so we're starting with Orzov, right? <laughs> All right, let's go through Orzov first. Um... Now, we talked a little bit about the Orzhov mechanic, the Orzhov mechanic being afterlife. I kind of said, hey, there's maybe one afterlife card, maybe two if we count Tithe Taker. What else is good in, in, in Orzhov if afterlife was a bit of a bomb? Well, I actually think afterlife's a good mechanic. It just wasn't pushed, right? Like, I think it, it's basically stapling on resilience to any card it's on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Teeth Taker was good in part because afterlife is strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... But yeah, yeah, carry on. I think Afterlife is going to be Whoa. good once they actually introduce a good reanimator mechanic. When you can play it, it dies, you get creatures, and then bring it back, it'll be great. So yeah, I agree that Afterlife's good on anything it's on. It's just not really on anything that's a reasonable price or, you know, there's no one drop with Afterlife. There's no, I don't know, no, there's not really any uh, cards that are above rate or at, even at rate that have Afterlife. So it doesn't mm-hmm. seem that exciting to me. So one um, Orzov card that I think is I would I would call at rate is Seraph okay. of the Scales. Okay, so this is the four mana, four three flying. It can give itself vigilance or death touch. White for vigilance, black for death touch, and it's got afterlife two, which is nice. Yeah. So to me, there's no text on this card other than flying and afterlife two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, this isn't a terrible. This isn't an amazing card. I'm not like wow, it's so good. Uh, but I think the kind of thing that I think makes it okay like tolerable is the fact that it's a 4-3 flyer which means they have to kill it mm-hmm. because flying is just flying at with four power is just going to kill them really fast um, but three toughness means it dies to lightning strike it means it trades with copter that's where it's not as exciting for me yeah and i i, I get you there but afterlife 2 is also like pretty strong you're getting two power flying in the air and you took a card from them mm-hmm. you know like I think it, it it's fine. It's not like impressive. I'm not in love with it. If there was a deck that had to be just in black white for whatever reason, I think this would be an okay include. Fringe playable. I mean, I've okay. I've played black white angels in Frontier for like the last two seasons, and I don't know. It's it. I like the afterlife. It just it. I think there's better four drops that I want to be playing, like Shalai or Archangel or sorry, the uh, Archangel of the Tithes. Yeah, there is a ton of. There is a ton that it competes with at that spot. Yeah, I'll grant that. Fringe. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about Kaya's Wrath. So, yes, you have to play black-white, but, you know, destroy all creatures and you gain life equal to the number of creatures you controlled that were destroyed this way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like a one-way fumigate, only affecting your your the creatures you killed that were on your side. But is this good enough to, I don't know, in black-white decks to kind of take over the spot of Languish? What do you guys think? 
I don't think so at all. I think it's awful. It's yeah. Is it better than Fumigate then? No, Fumigate's actually. I would prefer to have Damnation in the format than than. Oh, sorry, better than Fumigate? No, never. It's just the mana cost is too hard, and I think people underestimate how much that matters. Is and it, then I think. Is it better? Yeah, than... That's where it's awkward for me. Is that I think a lot of times you're going to be casting this on turn five. Uh, it's going to be hard to get this consistently on turn four other than out of a dedicated black-white deck, which already had access to Settle the Wreckage and Languish for us. And I think um, Languish is actually better than this. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, where I think we have this weird uh, kind of space that Frontier operates in, where the minus four, minus four hitting indestructible things and things that normally, um, like like stuffing... Uh, Avacyn, right? Because mm-hmm. Avacyn's main job is to stuff board wipes, right? Mm-hmm. Or even uh, Selfless Spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. so all are... those things protect against Chaos Wrath, but they don't survive language, right? There's also a couple times I've been like, you know, I kind of don't like that this can be stopped by Spell Queller, which uh, mm-hmm. Fumigate can't. <laughs> like that's a, that's a sad reason to not play a cheaper card, but it might be relevant. I just think given given the deck building cost associated with with cards like this, where like double white, double black is a lot. Like that's mm-hmm. that that hurts, man. The shock lance right, well, helps so much, though. <laughs> speaking of double white, double black, uh, Basilica Hell Bell Haunt, ooh Hell Haunt, that's interesting. Uh, is a three four spirit when, when it enters the battlefield, an opponent discards a card and lose, and you gain three life. Hmm. I, I, sorry, I'm transitioning to another card here. We had to move on. It, it's a uh, this card's interesting. It is a spirit, which I don't know if it's relevant in black. It is a little tiny siege rhino, maybe. I don't know why this card doesn't have flying. Yeah, it really needs flying. That would make it much better, or like afterlife or something. Yeah, like it's like it's like just it's it's actually pretty close, I think, but it's just a tiny bit short, given mm-hmm. that the. The double casting cost, right? Again, it's it's the white, white, black, black that just is backbreaking for this card. You should, yeah, if it could um, fly and block copter, maybe that'd be more interesting. If it There's was so many decks, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say if this was more like Sin Collector, where like you could actually look at their hand and choose, it would be great. I don't know yeah. why you can't do that. You know, considering you know it's double white, double black, you should be able to look at their hand and and choose a card to discard. I just mean by giving up that third color, right? Which is realistically what you have to do to be playing these cards. You have to be a two-color deck. Mm-hmm. And I think in Frontier, that third color almost always offers something better um, than what this is giving you, right? Like whether you're going green for Siege Rhino, Abzan Charm, Dramoka's Command, uh, any of the green goodies, Assassin's Trophy. There's so many of them, right? Um, where that just the double casting cost just doesn't make sense past that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all right. I was gonna say we should move on. To, I want to hear what you guys think about Kaya, the Orzov Usurper, just because a lot of people have been saying that it's a horrible card, it's unplayable. I'd like to hear what you guys think. Uh, I'm the speed reader, so I'm gonna go through it. One white, black, three starting loyalty. It can plus one to exile two target cards from a single graveyard, up to. And you gain two life if at least one creature card was exiled this way. It minus ones to exile target non-land permanent with converted mana cost one or less. And it can minus five, so that's two pluses to get to five. It can deal damage to target player equal to the number of cards that player owns in exile, and you gain that much life. So yeah, what do you guys think? 
I don't hate it. I think that it's going to find some spots in a sideboard. I think that, you know, plussing to gain life each turn is a reasonable card. Like, for three mana to plus and remove cards from a graveyard and gain life seems really good against Dredge. It seems good enough against some aggro decks. Um, where I think this card has question marks is whether or not minus one to exile something actually hits anything in the format. Yeah, I, I, so, tokens? Tokens, um, some of Atarka's creatures, but you know, you're going to get one of them with a minus and then just get shocked, yeah. I guess. Or just swung into with any creature in their deck. So it's not worth it to um, kill their, you know, their Swift Spear, you know? Yeah, I really wish it could hit twos, maybe. Yeah, it would have been so much yeah. better. Uh, so I think Wizard has figured out how to not break three mana planeswalkers. Uh, and the answer is not to let them do anything. The minus so. five is interesting, <laughs> though. The minus five is awful. That's one of the main... Like, if she at least could, like, uptick and, like, her medi- medium kind of uptick was building to something greater, I think that would be useful. But her uptick is just kind of, like, it's straight damage to the face. Like, I don't know. It's not impressive to me. Yeah, it's more life game. I mean, how many would you have to gain or deal off of this for it to be useful? Like, ten? ten? Yeah, and I, here, here's my thing. Kaya, with something like Urza's Ruinous Blast that exiles all non-legendaries... Or if if you're if it's a good cyber card, like you said, if someone's playing a lot of delve cards and they just delved away to play like you know like a turn two, turn three, Gurmog Angler, and they have you know like seven or eight, you know things in their graveyard, or sorry in exile, then then I could kind of see her, like uh, being yeah, I think being it's specifically abuse. a good card. It's a good sideboard card against Dredge because it does exile Stitcher Supplier, which is big, mm-hmm. and it pluses to gain life and remove cards, which both of those things matter yeah. but that that's pretty narrow to be uh an entire mythic for the set yeah like it really need i would say it needed a better ultimate and it's minus needed to be a plus hmm. mm-hmm. and and that would have that would have done it what i said i wish the minus was a minus x and it could exile x nice, or less nice nice yeah that also would have done it that would have been that would have been perfectly fine <laughs> okay All right, what else does uh white black get to make up for everything else being jank <laughs> Mortify. Yeah, they get Mortify. It's a reprint, destroy target creature enchantment for one white black. So how do we feel about three mana removal spells? Yeah, I think... It's better than murder? I think... Yeah, I think a lot of decks can afford to play two of them in, this, in the 75. Yeah. Okay. And I think if you're in black-white, this is one of the better ones. Kind of like you could reasonably play Abzan Charm as a two-of in your mm-hmm. Abzan list. It's, it's not impressive. It's not format-defining. But it's playable and could could see immediate play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some slight upgrade for a couple decks that are like Asper Control mm-hmm. or Black White Control. It hits Jeskai yeah. Ascendancy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that they're trying to give us people more options in their removal spells, in their you know sideboards, whatever. Yeah, I, like I think it. maybe I'm under underselling it. I'm excited to have this. This is this is mm-hmm. this is a good addition to the format. Yeah, and I think it'll it'll. It'll be good. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move on to a mechanic we haven't talked about that's in the set, which is split cards are back. Um, they were in Guilds of Ravnica, but if you missed that, in Ravnica Allegiance, they're back. We have two cycles of these. They're all in the uh, the colors of the set. Uh, one of them is two mana of the type, and the other one is a little bit more mixed. So the one that's the two mana, we've got Revival. For black, white, black, white, two, two mana sorcery, 
Return target creature uh, card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, and then the backside is six mana, double your life total, target per opponent loses half their life rounded up. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what do you love about this? What does this do? Well, I like that it's actually a reanimator card. You get a three mana card back, which is great. So again, if you're playing something like Aristocrats, or if you're playing something like... Uh, I don't know if Rally would want it, but I think there's some kind of mid-range aristocrats out there where you're going to be gaining life, and you're going to have a combo card, maybe like Judith, or your Zulaport, or, or whatever. You want to bring that back uh, you know, to get the combo off, or if you're already high in life, and you're, you're kind of you know just like blocking, blocking, you know, you use the revenge there, you go up from like 20 to 40, they use, well, maybe not 20, maybe you're not at 20, but let's say you're at like at 10 or 12. And then you double that life, and then you do 12 damage. That's pretty good. All right, Matt, come be pessimistic with me. Are you ever casting the revi the revenge side of this card? Almost never, yeah. I think if you're playing it, you have to be playing it for revival. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, maybe there are ways to actually do that. Um, yeah, it's awkward. I don't know. Like, I'm, I was like, oh, there's such good three drops. But then when I'm, like, on the button, like, hey, what's good with revival? I'm like, uh. You just talked about soul. Know, reflector mage. You just talked about <laughs> okay, soul so sisters. Come on. Okay, so let me actually tell you where I see this. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'll be honest that I don't think it's going to get there. Um, but I guess in my time playing with Thing in the Ice, right, um, Claim to Fame actually ended up being really good. Because yeah. I was playing Jace beside Thing in the Ice. Two just huge lightning rods, right? Mm -hmm. um, people are going to kill these on sight. So Claim to Fame gave a really awesome tempo positive way to get them back uh, in a way that kind of fit into my game plan, especially with the fame side being able to, you know, help me flip thing in the ice. Um, and kind of once you kind of start transitioning that strategy into three drops, uh, the first one that comes to mind is Monastery Mentor. Hmm. Okay. Because that's going to be like just a turbo lightning rod. Um, this is going to almost fix some of the problems of having to cast a three drop and then also cast instant and sorcery spells after, right? Cause you're going to be able to actually do it for two mana instead of three. And it counts as a spell. If you have like another one in play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, the only, the, the lightning rod that came to mind for me is maybe Comball or Cumble. Yeah. The console of allocation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, he's in the colors at least. And he gains you life if they play a spell. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah, to me, you have to be building around a lightning rod of some sort. So there's something that your opponent does not want to stick, but is critical to your strategy that it sticks. Mm. Uh, now, is this good enough that... Mana. So if we're saying revenge is bad, is this good enough to be like in mono-white and grab something like Thalia or Benelish Marshall? I'm skeptical. You're skeptical of that? Yeah. Okay. I, I could be wrong. Who knows? All right, how about the other one? So the other one is an instant for one and a white-black. It exiles target card from a graveyard draw card. Mm. Um, so that doesn't do a ton. Or there's two, a white and a black. Target player sacrifices a creature they control with the greatest power, and then you gain life equal to that power. Mm. So four mana removal at sorcery speed doesn't excite me. A two mana cantrip that exiles one card from a graveyard doesn't excite me. Is this one kind of a, a flop? Mm. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, I, I don't think it's gonna see much play. I mean, it's decent, but it's not it's not good enough for Frontier. I think. Hmm. I like so I actually, 
I actually think it's decent, to be honest with you. I think two mana cantrips are better than people give them credit mm-hmm. for, um, especially with upside. I think in a lot of... Uh, I think Graveyard is a pretty relevant um, thing to hit, and especially it's especially relevant that Consecrate has instant speed, right? Mm-hmm. So you can snipe that Dig Through Time out from under a Gearhulk. You can snipe that creature out from under a Colligon's Command, mm-hmm. Liliana the Last Hope, mm-hmm. uh, Scarab God. There's a lot of things that you can actually um, kind of steal their two-for-one um, at the cost of no cards. Um, and I think it's and I think just having Consume, which... Um, Consume is bad on its own. I, right? I, I like it that, flexib- that it gets gets rid of the stronger the strongest creature. That's good. Not they don't choose, which is great. And adding the life is relevant as well. Um, you know, it, this but either way, it's not a good card. But the fact that you have it stapled to something you might otherwise be interested in, mm-hmm. um, I think, makes it relevant. This isn't going to see widespread play, um, but if you have a deck that can, for some reason make use of two mana cantrips right mm-hmm. um it, this this is the kind of thing you might look at as this is a cantrip now with the upside of a it can stuff your opponents two for once and b it has the flexibility of being removal in a pinch mm. okay i like that all right you're making me not as negative about this set so let's talk about one more black white card that you guys have flagged here and this is uh tessa karlov so this is the new guild leader i believe mm-hmm. Uh, not the guild master, but the, the kind of the one running the clan behind the scenes. It's a two, a white, and a black for a two-four legendary creature, human advisor. And if a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. And creature tokens you control have vigilance and lifelink. So this makes... so clearly this is made for afterlife. Yeah. But I haven't been big on afterlife. So what else is this good with, and is it good enough for rally? Is the two questions I have. Well, I was. I swear. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, see, I'm a, I'm a I'm a tokens player. I I played tokens for a bunch of seasons, and I could see this possibly being all right in a, a tokens deck. You know, maybe instead of Soren, or maybe with Soren, or something like that. You know, if you're playing Secure the Waste, or maybe you're playing an Abzan deck with the, uh, I don't know, what what is that new one, the March of the Multitudes. Or something like that. Then mm-hmm. you know, giving all of those tokens vigilance and a lifelink, you know, leaving them back on defense. You know, I think that's a that's a nice effect. So my opinion on this card is that Wizards was so terrified of Rally and Standard that they don't want to give it anything in Frontier. It could. They're balancing for Frontier confirmed. It could be. I mean, it, it's still good with nothing at three mana. Like nothing at three. Every every rally card we've gotten has been four mana ever since. Yeah. Not a coincidence. Well, it could be, like I said before, I could see Aristocrats being more of a mid-range deck now instead of being like the rally with the combo win. Like grinding I am out. being sarcastic, in case that wasn't clear. Oh. So I don't hate like one or two four drops in a rally deck. Like they, they're a miss on Collected Company, but it's not that hard to rally for one more when you need to. Mm. I just, it, it, does this really count as like an additional Zulaport cutthroat? Or my problem with both that kind of deck and with the tokens deck is that I feel like there's a lot of cards that won't benefit from her. And she's not really good enough unless you're getting both of her abilities doing something. Well, so and, if you're yeah. just tokens, that seems bad. If you're just 
Aristocrats, it doesn't seem like she does enough. There's going to be a lot of cards in your deck that don't do anything with her. So she's just a 2-4. Well, I think my Aristocrats, like, I'd be playing all my cards would have either some kind of enter the battlefield with a creature or uh, with a token ability or with, like, the Afterlife ability. So everything would have multiple multiple effects on it. It's only the dying that causes the additional triggered ability, For right? The afterlife, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah, so any of your... <clears throat> Okay. Okay, we've managed to talk quite a bit on Orzov, even though I didn't think it had that much depth to it. But uh, let's go on to some other colors, because I think there's going to be a lot we have to say. Yeah. Uh, the next one that we're going to move to is Blue-White. This is another one that has a Planeswalker, if we want to start right there. Yeah, you guys can head yeah, up so Blue-White. I'll uh-huh. jump in. Uh, Dovin, Grand Arbiter. Uh, three mana total, one colorless, one white, one blue. Comes into play with three loyalty. Plus one, until end of turn, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a loyalty counter on Dovin Grand Arbiter. Minus one, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature creature token with flying, you gain one life. And minus seven, look at the top ten cards of your library, put three of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Yeah, you guys can handle. Ryan, what do you think? No, you guys can handle all the. I hate blue. I'm, I'm not. I'm anti-blue. So, <laughs> all right, so, so he's guys, not a blue player. I have but like one card I want to talk blue. about. So go ahead. This is aggro and blue. This is totally good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I haven't gotten a chance to test this card yet. I was just trying to put it in some kind of janky life gain thing. You know, it's got that theme of tokens and life gain that blue white sort of has, but it, it's hard to see this being great. It might be a role player, but it seems just mediocre. Yeah, I 100% agree. Even um, I think its best case scenario is just three life, three colorless thopters. Yeah, which um, is is not a bad thing. I mean, three three one ones over three turns is not a bad rate. It, it is though only because you have it has to live three turns to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just it's it's such a drawn out effect for what at the end of the day is. I guess they are flying tokens, so that's relevant. Flying is powerful in Frontier. We all know that. Um. Yeah, just really unimpressive. Maybe he'll see, he'll see play, but I don't think he's ever going to be like, man, Dovin did a lot of work that game. Mm-hmm. So maybe if it was minus X to create X Thopters? I think you're onto <laughs> something here, Frank. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Um, so that was the guild leader. We also did talk about the guild master previously, about Lavinia. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add, Matt, because that was something Ryan and I mentioned. It was one of the first cards spoiled. Oh, okay. Um, well, what did you guys think just for my my knowledge i mean i i really don't understand that first ability at all i think the second ability is great that it stops cards like uh <laughs> what do you call it? like uh uh Aetherworks marvel like they can't just put a uh, Emrakul or an ulamog into play but what what does that first first ability so it like stops dig through time it stops stuff like marvel um other things i've heard people say but can't remember now in the moment I think this is a fine playable, but it's unimpressive. Yeah, it's it, might, like, it might slow down ramp cards, is what it can do. But okay. yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna blow up the format. But at two mana, you can kind of play these weird two two bear dudes that just do random stuff that doesn't really apply in a lot of matchups. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, I understand now. Okay, uh, let's get talking about control if we want to just talk about it while Ryan's, you know, off off pretending that control doesn't exist. Absorb is a reprint. One white, two blue, counter target spell. You gain three life. So 
I see a lot of people kind of going crazy about this on UOL, and I mm-hmm. just, I feel like it's like that's crazy to me. It's... I'm, I'm also not quite there as it being the biggest bomb ever. Uh, I think that the idea where this is ideal is that if you're countering something from a Tarka and gaining three life, that's almost like a two for one. Outside of that, it's it's just a more expensive cancel, and we already had some decent cancels with, you know, the ability to top a card or to exile you know some other good effects on our cancels yeah and i think i think the big thing for me is just three mana counters aren't where i want to really be in this format versus stuff like combo um aggro even kind of in the control mirror right where it's going to be prone to these counterspell wars mm-hmm. and you're going to win or lose that counterspell war based on the amount of mana you're going to have to pay for your spells so I think this is fine. Like I think it it is good. It is um, obviously the best three mana counter spell into aggro, right? So yeah. instead of all these other three mana counter spells into aggro where they're like they're like a one out of ten, this is maybe a five out of ten into aggro or a six mm-hmm. out of ten into aggro, which is fine. Five five or six out of ten is a playable. So like um, a friend hands you a deck, you haven't seen it before, you play a game um, one against aggro, and you look at your sideboard and he's got four absorb in there. Are you siding in those absorb? It depends what's in the deck, obviously. Like, um what what bad three drops can I cut? Okay. I, I think I think two two has always been the right number for three mana counters. Because okay. sometimes you do just need mm. the extra coverage. And I don't think Absorb actually changes that. I think there's still cards, there, there's still decks that can play four. I think that, you know, the, the pure control decks usually will play four, but that's really where we kind of draw the line. Yeah. Um, one card I actually think is 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 decent here um, that I think maybe I'm not going to be received well on is Senate Guild Mage. Hmm. So, so I, I did skip over that one because I was thinking it's eh. So it's one blue, one colorless for a 2-2. Two, two. You can spend white and top to gain two life. You can spend blue and top to draw a card, then discard a card. Um, okay. Relevant to say that it has the human creature type and wizard, which I guess is relevant these days. So are you playing this after you've already got four Jace in your deck? Well, it depends, right? Because I think it goes into a different kind of deck, right? Like it's, hmm. And I think the life gain is actually pretty important uh, in the kind of a Tarka-centric meta we have right now. Yeah, Fatal Push. So it'll definitely put a... Uh... Yeah, I mean, this will put a lightning rod on it. So the opponent, if they're on a Tarka, you, you guess they have to attack it. Like they have to blow it up right away because otherwise you'll gain two life when it dies. Or, you know, it'll block and gain two life, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think event, there's a lot of times when, like, if you just have good creatures in your deck overall, they're going to run out of removal, right? Something's going to stick. And I think I think two mana is the threshold for do-nothing right-away cards mm-hmm. that can actually have a big impact over the course of the game. I don't think this is like a... Again, this isn't one of those cards that's going to blow up the format, but I think low-key playable uh, just with like really good, really cheap recurrable effects. Because I think a lot of the other guild mages, um, they have like four... Like five mana, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're crazy amounts of mana to activate, but just being one and tap, I think that's an amount that I can... I can justify to gain two life every turn or, or mm-hmm. to loot every turn. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay, right. there's one card I did want to talk about. This is probably the only right. blue blue one. I'll talk about it real quick just so it doesn't sound like I, I left. Um, <laughs> Deputy of Detention. I like it. Good in, good in collected company decks. So it's a three mana. Do you want to read that one? 
three mana, one three, and when it enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls and all other non-land permanents that player controls with the same name as the permanent until deputy of detention leaves the battlefield. So it's the same thing as detention sphere from the old Ravnica. Yeah, it's block. a lot easier to kill than detention sphere, which is awkward when you're in something like Abzan, but it's good. I mean, it's it's more of the kind of reflector mage effect. Mm-hmm. It can do some nice things where it takes out a bunch of tokens or, like, hits two smugglers' copters or something like yeah. that. So I like that it can actually, you know, hit a copter and really slow them down in that way, which uh, Reflector Mage can't. I think there's a lot of uh, use for this. It'll probably be played alongside Reflector Mage. I don't know if it's going to be, like, two of this for Mage, mm-hmm. three of this for Mage, what kind of is optimal there. But, yeah, this will definitely see some play. It's going to be up. I would expect two of this, yeah. yeah. But I think I think in the kind of uh, Bant deck where you're going to play this... Mm-hmm. Um, I, here's the problem, right? I don't think the kind of Bant deck where you would want to play this is a good Bant deck compared to just going Bant Humans. See, Bant Humans um, hasn't been that good recently. A lot of people have been playing just the straight-up Value Town Bant Company decks recently. Or I've been seeing Bant go to Spirits, actually, instead. Yeah, Bant Spirits is another you know, one. Yeah, so. Spirit, spirits could, be, could work out. I think the generic kind of just... Um, Bant value it tends to be better in a control oriented meta but when you're when you're facing down aggro mm-hmm. I think you really need that wall of humans just grow and grow at this crazy pace right mm-hmm. um, to even just think about putting up a defense mm-hmm. um, where I've, I've never been impressed with uh, just the value town abilities or the value towns ability to actually keep up with aggro and stay alive mm-hmm. okay playable um, yes I think he's probably a two of just because the three slot is super crowded. Yeah, and I think he belongs in the strict value town deck, not the not not, the not humans, any other version. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, it could also maybe be all right in Jeskai Tempo as well. Okay, uh, let's move on to the split cards for this because you know we were only uh, two guilds in and we're already taking some time here. So Warrant and Warden is their their one. It costs blue white blue white. Put target attaching or blocking creature on top of its owner library. Or for five as a sorcery, you can create a 4-4 white and blue Sphinx creature with flying and vigilance. It's all, Ryan, what do you think? It's all you guys. I don't... It's, it's, okay. it's... I, think, I think this is a plausible one-of mm. um, in the right deck. I think the, the removal part is, is a little limited, but it's also real card advantage because you're forcing them to draw the same card over again. Yeah. You, don't, you don't really want to be dropping it on like a Siege Rhino. But it's a fine way to deal with a lot of a lot of other cards, right? Mm-hmm. I'd be um, fine with this on a copter, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of unfortunate that it only hits attacking or blocking creatures. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And I think I think again, like I think the flexibility part of this, where this is never a dead card into like control, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's actually really important. So being able to have this four four uh, vigilance flyer. Attached to this is pretty important. Yeah, it's I not like a, that that's another option for it. Yeah, it's not a, it's not like a blow me away card, but I, I could see it being a one of in the right deck. All right, so the other one is another kind of cantrip on the front side, one in a blue white to tap target creature draw card, or you can pay two white blue as an instant to create two thopters and gain life for each creature you control. Mm, I like it. So. Thopters, life gain, I don't know exactly what that's doing, but it's cute. Um, but I don't know if I'd want the life gain in the kind of deck where, or the kind of matchup where I'd also want tapping a single creature. 
Yeah, I mean, so I think this might be, I might be having an aneurysm here, but if we were to build this, this monastery mentor deck, Ooh, yeah. the cantrip part's powerful and the deploy part just gives you a bunch of life for all your tokens that you've been building with your, with your cantrips. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I think it's bad. I think it's, I think it's. It, this no, deck it doesn't sold. make sense all right i'm gonna go but... and drop some mentor into my johnny's pride made deck and we're gonna make this work huh. it is relevant that deploy is instant speed yes um and i think like i said i think i think two mana cantrips are playable in the right deck uh so tapping target creature drawing a card sure whatever mm -hmm. if that's gain three life because you're stopping a smuggler's copter maybe that's worth it yeah it's fine it, it's fine but ultimately it's not like it's not going to blow the roof off. Okay, hopefully we'll see some better... I mean, I think those are both fine um, split cards, but nothing that's driving me super excited. Fringe playable, I'm going to go yeah. with. Uh, do you want to get into some more exciting colors like Rakdos? Yes. I do. Yes, I can talk again. All right, well then why don't you start us off with maybe a couple of them here, Ryan. Okay, so I started off, I talked a little bit earlier about Aristocrats, and I think Judith the Scourge Diva at 3 mana. Uh, has uh, a spot somewhere there. Maybe not as a four of, but maybe as a two of and like a, a Mardu color uh, aristocrat stack. So other creatures get plus one, plus zero. So she, she gives you guys, you know, a little bit of uh, pressure. Or she puts she puts pressure on your opponent and then when a non-creature, sorry, non-token creature dies, you get one damage to any target. So it's not just, <clears throat> you know, the, a creature, but you can hit a planeswalker. You can hit whoever. I think this is a great card for an aggressive aristocrat stack. To me, this card is very almost. It's like there's just something not quite enough for it. Whether like the two-two body on a three-drop, mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it's just plus one plus zero, and the fact that it's really vulnerable to removal. I don't know. Like three is just such a such a competitive slot mm -hmm. even in these aggro lists right um it could we we do have a lot like a, a lot of really good black red spectacle cards and maybe maybe that's a trick maybe this is kind of your enabler mm -hmm. but I, i'm i'm really not sold on it yeah i'm kind of there with you <clears throat> why don't you talk to us about rectos fire wheeler because i think that's your card uh <laughs> yeah i'm actually really excited about this card or i shouldn't say really excited i think there's something here um, so it's two black, two red for a four, three. When Rakdos Firewheeler enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to target opponent and two damage to up to one target creature or planeswalker. Seems, so seems like I want to play Panharmonicon the, uh, with this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet. So that's your uh, first so the, thought, but the immediate callback is, uh, what is it? Kavu, Flametongue Kavu. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but Flametongue Kavu was broken. Like, it was a really ridiculous card. Uh, obviously, we don't have the straight. Um, Flametongue Kavu was just four damage to any creature or player. So you uh, just... just creature, because it had hit itself if they didn't have another creature they could hit. Did it really? Oh, I thought yeah, it could it hit did. player. <laughs> nope, it had hit itself if there were no other creatures in play. Okay, well, that's... But yeah, that card was crazy. You just, you just throw it down, kill all their creatures. Uh, and yeah, you know what? This does not deal four damage to any creature. But how much worse than Flametongue Kavu do you have to be before you're not a good card? So I think what I said that... Well, I think we talked about this before, and what I immediately thought of is, you know, we've got Ravenous Tupacabra in the format, and it's not seeing play. Like, that's kill a creature when it comes into play, and 
we're not seeing it in Frontier because it's a little bit too slow. So what makes this playable when that wasn't? So my rebuttal to that is that this has a relevant body, right? I think 2-2 is just below the threshold where um, the body starts to matter in Frontier okay. once you've reached 4 mana, right? Like, this guy can kill someone on their own left uncontested, where it's, it's going to take that, that piddly little 2-2 forever. Um, I think he also, just being able to shoot to face, I think chunking someone down um, kind of incrementally is, is pretty relevant. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. And I mean, it may it may it may end up being that kind of like I was saying when we were talking about Orzov, it's the 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 double costed casting cost is too much for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think the payoff might actually be there in this case, especially because we have so many good, other good cards in black red. Yeah, black and red are both very strong for removal, and you wouldn't have to you know split out to anything else. Uh, why don't you read the next one here, Bedevil? Absolutely. So that's two black, one red. Destroy target artifact, creature, or planeswalker. Mm. Like it. So just just bad, right? This is terrible. <laughs> Why don't you give yeah, us I your think we can move on. on. Ryan? <laughs> yeah, it's bad for them. It's bad for your opponent. I mean, I like it a lot more than I like the... I mean, I wouldn't say I like it a lot more than I like uh, Ass Trophy. Sorry, Assassin's Trophy. But, but uh, I think it's finally... You know, time that we got something that's close to uh, Hero's Downfall again in, in Black Red. Yeah, so this is the cheapest way that we can destroy a Planeswalker, basically, in Frontier. So that's nice, especially at instant speed. But the counterpoint is how many instant, or how many three mana removal spells can we afford to play? And I think the answer is still two. Okay. I, I just think this is the new, if you're in Black Red, this is the new best. Yeah, it, Whereas the, the best before was, uh, what was it? It was. Uh, Unlicensed disintegration, right? Okay. Uh, which felt kind of bad to play if you weren't in an artifact deck. But like in Greek, now, does it change the formula at all? If if you were playing maybe two Colgon's Command or Unlicensed Disintegration, and you were playing a couple of Rascal's Contempt, could you consolidate those into four Bedevil? You would never catch me playing that many Rascal's Contempt in a deck that wasn't hard control. Yeah. Okay. So like, I, I think, and I think yeah, I think some decks like if some control decks, Grixis Control will be able to consolidate. Vraska's into Bedevil. I think I think Vraska's kind of. I've heard a lot of people say that Bedevil replaces Vraska's entirely, and I don't think it does. I think you still probably want to. Yeah, because the know, exile is the really exile is very relevant because Black Red isn't going to really have much other exile. It's not going to have the life gain much other places. So I can see where Vraska's could still be really important. Yeah, yeah. I think you're you're probably going down from four to two. It would, be, okay. it would be my guess. Yeah, so... I could see that. Last season... This is also my favorite art in the set, mm. I think. Yeah, great great art. Yeah, it's very nice. All right, Fink, you're up next. Okay, this is this is a card of mine, so I'm glad to have this one. Theater of Horrors. One, a black and a red for an enchantment. Beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. During your turn, if an opponent lost life this turn, you can play any of the cards exiled with Theater of Horrors. Mm. And you can pay three and a red to do one damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Yeah, the, this the, card. What do you think, Ryan? I, I haven't gotten it to work yet. I haven't put in much time on it yet. But this seems actually really, really powerful. Like to the point where I could see playing four of these in a deck. Mm-hmm. Main board, which I know Ryan's probably thinking I'm crazy here or uh, mad. Well, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I think it's a good card. I just can't see where it fits in yet. I mean, some so, kind of control deck. I think you could pretty much play this and removal spells, and that's a deck. Mm. 
because this 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 could I mean over time this could kill the opponent on its turn, especially because you'll probably be playing removal spells that also hurt your opponent mm -hmm. optimally. But I mean, this is just uh, it's so many cards. It's a it, it draws you a card every turn. Mm. It it's insane to me that you don't want to main board this, but I think it's solid sideboard. Um, it'd be four man is a lot to whittle them down with over time. Uh, sure. To the point that if you're running four of these, I'm almost worried about you decking yourself before you do. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. I do like that it can hit Planeswalker as well. So you can, you know, if they take down a Teferi in minus, you kill it with this, which is very cool. Yeah. There's... Yeah. So I, like, it is good. I think at the end of the day, it, it is still a three mana do nothing, right? Like it doesn't, it will never do something the first turn it comes down. And I think there's actually a pretty real chance that, especially if you're looking to be in a control shell, mm -hmm. it won't do anything for a couple turns. Yeah, it depends um, on whether or not you can find easy ways to trigger its ability. But the, the fact that it they stay, so if you have five cards built up, you can play all of those. That's awesome. You can play lands off this. And it's a do-nothing three-mana card, but that's just so much better than a do-mana four-mana card, yeah. which is where we've seen things like Outpost, Outpost Siege, Siege yep. where we've seen similar effects. So. The fact that it's cheaper and you get to keep the cards permanently, it, it's really powerful looking to me. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably a uh, a sideboard card on the tier of uh, shoot, what's that blue red enchantment? Fevered Visions. Hmm. Uh, I think it's that kind of potent silver bullet into control matchups, basically. The other thing I want to say is that this might only really be this good in Frontier because I, what, what pairs perfectly with this card for me is Chandra. You play this, you play Chandra, you're plussing and getting them damage each turn mm -hmm. without having to, you know, play creatures and have them survive and swing in. You can just play that control game, play Chandra, play Angrath, mm -hmm. and just get damage in yeah, while Angrath. you're just playing this while you're playing control. That does sound absolutely disgusting, I just have to admit. <laughs> you might be selling me on, on turning that red-white control list that I play sometimes into mm -hmm. a Mardi list just for this card. Yeah, I think white might be important just for some life gain, but I haven't worked it out yet. The board wipes, I think, are the really important part oh, yeah. of white. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think we've, we've had it for Rakdos. Let's move on to Gruul. All right, I'm excited about Gruul. I love their ability. Their ability's Riot. I don't know if we've talked about it yet. Um... Why don't we talk? Let's let's go right out of the gate here. Let's talk about Rhythm of the Wild. Yeah, I like it. Because I think <laughs> I think me and you have been spending on way too much time separately trying to make this card work with mixed results. This is my absolute favorite card in the set, and I'm <laughs> I'm so upset that I I've tried so hard to make this card fit into what I would consider it to be a T1 strategy. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I want there to be a T1 strategy on this card, and I can't do it. It's so upsetting. So if you didn't hear, this is um, non-creature spells you control can't be countered. Or no, creature spells you control can't be countered, sorry. And non-token creatures you control have riot. So they enter with a plus one, plus one counter, or have haste. Like, so I guess the big issue I, I find with this card is, so it's three mana, it's a card that my deck is going to revolve around, mm -hmm. um, which means I want to turbo it out before turn three. Turn three is a really, really bad turn to be doing um, playing a do-nothing. Yeah, it's, you can't do that in Frontier. If you do that versus Tarka Red, you're dead. You're just dead, and there's nothing more to say about it. As a creature-heavy so, deck, you're not going to be you know, full of interaction. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so to me, you have to play this on turn two. 
which means eight dorks. Hmm. Uh, eight dorks for Rhythm of the Wild because your deck needs it to live. That's 12 cards that pass the first like turn or two aren't really relevant draws. It's just so much air in your deck. And, and in red-green, you kind of have trouble refilling. Mm-hmm. So so I, I've had a lot of trouble with just, you know, game plans going all right. Uh, land, land, dork, rhythm of the wild. How do you ever survive that? It, yeah, it seems like an tough. amazing sideboard card. I don't know yes, if I would play it. I do think that it will make play in sideboards. Uh, I like the fact that you can, you know, uncounter, uncounterable against control and be able to get in with stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I'm in the same place. I've had trouble. I've been trying it with dragons. I've been trying it with angels. I've been trying it in like a cool Jund Delirium because I thought it was neat with uh, Grimflayer. Yeah, I like how terrifying would a hasty Lyra's Dawnbringer be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and I have both tested it, so pretty scary. Yeah, it's it's like the scariest thing you could do with this card that I can think of. Um, I've uh, had I've had some scary, you know, turn two rhythm, turn three thunderbreak, turn four for Demanding Dragon is pretty scary. Mm. All right. All right. <laughs> but maybe Lyra would even be scarier in that situation. But, that, you know, that's so one color. One card I think actually works pretty well with this is Rekindling Phoenix. Because mm. uh, I think one of the big problems with Rhythm is if they just hold up removal, you're boned, right? Because um, you're down a card because Rhythm of the Wild does nothing on its own. And if they just hold removal for your next turn, you need a way to make up that card advantage, right? Okay. Because this is effectively card disadvantage. And having a, a a recursive kind of flyer in the air, my kind of hope is that that so, would balance so, it a little bit. So what you're saying is we need a way to get card advantage. So we play Champion of Wits, and it comes in as a 3-2. Th- That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to think about it. It's Teamer. Teamer sounds good. Yeah, I like it. Too. All right, why don't we go on? Yeah, let's keep moving. We really got to get this done, especially we haven't even talked about our top five. Yeah. Uh, so Domri, Chaos Bringer, uh, four mana, two colorless, one red, one green, comes in with five starting loyalty, plus one is add red or green. If that mana is spent on a creature spell, it gains Riot. Mm-hmm. Minus three is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal up to two creature cards from among them and put them into your hand, put the rest in your butt. Blah blah blah. Yeah. This yeah. minus eight. You sorry, minus eight. You get an emblem with at the beginning of each end step, create a four four red and green beast creature token with trample. That's each end step, so it's yours and your opponent's. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. No, just uh pointing it out because I don't know if everyone reads that the first time. So this is a better main deck. No, that card. is relevant. I was gonna say this is a better main deck card than Rhythm of the Wild, I think. If if I wanted a card that was giving my creatures, you know, right, I would use Domri. Sure, you can only do it on one card, but I think I'd want to be playing it on like my big beaters. You know, I want to be playing like four toughness or sorry, four power, five power, six power cards, and playing with Domri and maybe just having like removal early on. So, so where that gets awkward is that you kind of need to. He doesn't really protect himself. You need some bodies in front of him beforehand. So I think there's there's kind of like I think that's where the five loyalty comes in mm-hmm. um, potentially six loyalty the turn he comes down and i think that's a big part of um why planeswalkers like nahiri were so well received where it's like just getting to six loyalty on that on that first turn is almost like pseudo defense right um, yeah. and i assume with this guy you're probably going to be slamming creatures as you're building up to him um, so you're likely to have some kind of board 
Um, and I think that loyalty is actually a, a surprisingly relevant defense mechanism. Yeah, it's, it's playable. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I also want to call out that this is maybe my least favorite art. I don't know why Domery looks like a skinny little teenager. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The, the art's awful. Um, I think this is this is pretty playable. It, it's kind of my bottom line. Yeah. Uh, it's not a Gideon. It's not like, uh, it's not the best four mana Planeswalker in the format. Um, but I think it's been a long time since we got like an actually good, just playable four mana Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Nahiri was the last one who I would consider to be play. Oh, actually Chandra, I guess. Yeah, Chandra was really good. Yeah. All right, let's so move this is probably on yeah. with uh, there's so there's a cool enchantment here, red and green for an enchantment. Sin- Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, it does one damage to them, and one sacrifice it destroy target artifact or enchantment and does two damage to that permanent controller. I really like this against just guy ascendancy. Oh yeah, this seems really really mean against ascendancy. Uh, like it could shut that deck down, but. I don't know how hard Green Red was struggling to beat that deck anyways. Just kind of a cool card, uh, a cool way for them to have answers to enchantments wasn't super easy for Red Green. Um, artifacts, definitely. Now you've got another way to hit them. Mm-hmm. Just an all-around strong card, I think, for a sideboard. So here's actually something I, I want to hear from you guys. Is it more important to just keep this card around for the damage it deals so they can't combo? Depends on the deck. Oh, against Ascendancy, probably. Yeah, right. I think that part of it is actually the most important part of the card. That first line of text, whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, Cindervine deals one damage to that player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's... Cause th- I mean, they don't have any life the enchantment, the enchantment destruction is obvious, right? You have a troublesome enchantment, you take it out. Yeah. But I think that first line is actually what makes it such a potent hate card because it can actually hit a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I could see bringing this in against Marvel, and then you know you, you're fine if you end up hitting a Search Rescanta or hopefully hitting a Marvel with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, absolutely, it's a solid card all around, solid yeah. sideboard. All right. Uh, speaking of solid cards, do you want to read another one, Ryan? I think you haven't read one. Yeah. On so, one. so this is actually one of my more excited, exciting cards for me is Gruel Spellbreaker. Uh, is your name Ryan, Matt? No, go ahead. go ahead. So, I'm so sorry, guys. I you guys cut out and I didn't hear it. So, oh, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I couldn't hear you either. I didn't know who you're talking to. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nobody can hear me. All right. So. Uh, so yeah. Sorry. Wanna... Gruel Spellbreaker. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, three mana, uh, one red, one green, one colorless, three three, uh, riot, trample. As long as it's your turn, you and Gruel Spellbreaker have hexproof. Mm. What do you think, Ryan? Well, I mean, it gets around set of the wreckage really nice. So mm-hmm. they can't target you to exile your creatures. So that's exactly what you want to be doing with your, uh, your 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 creatures. You want to be attacking, 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 and they can't do anything on your turn, which is great. Yeah, I, I really like this card a lot. It forces a lot of things out of the opponent. I mean, it's if you resolve this, and with Rhythm of the Wild out of the sideboard, you'll always resolve it. You'll always get that attack in before Control can answer it. So mm-hmm. it does damage then it forces them to answer it on their turn, which is awkward. So it really puts you in a good spot to um, just kind of take over the game that way. And I think one of the most exciting things for me is I've really wanted uh, an aggressive Jund list on mm-hmm. on the kind of uh, foundation that Abzan Agro is built on in this format. And I think one of the main things that we're missing from that kind of list is just good three drops to curve into, kind of like... Anafenza, I think, is the obvious example. Okay. 
Um, and I think this is actually a pretty good analog in Jund colors. Uh, so, or even like you could put it in Naya. It just it's a really solid card. I so think the flexibility. Like Grim Flare, Spellbreaker, Chandra as a curve out. Absolutely, or even uh, Rekindling Phoenix. Oh, I think yeah. is pretty playable. That's reasonable. Um, Kalidus, if you were a little more worried about uh, Atarka, mm-hmm. but I think in your colors you have like Collective Brutality, Colligon's Command. I think you can probably make it work, um, especially with a fast clock of your own. So. Uh, and alongside this, we also have a, a 2-2 Riot for 2 mana. So it's basically a 3-3 for 2 mana, or it's a 2-2 Haste sometimes. I'm less impressed with that one. I think I think the other effects really punch it through. And I think I think it's a different kind of card. That one is like almost a hard aggro card for me. Okay. Whereas I want to be going... So if I'm looking at this uh, theoretical Jund list, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. I want to curve Grim Flayer into this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's about raw card quality and I think I think the two drop isn't quite there compared with a spellbreaker. Even though we didn't have a three three for a two before in the whole format? Other than ones with downside. Yeah, I think it's still good. I do okay. think it's good. Don't okay. get me wrong. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to say is what about um what about kind of comboing with this? You know, we still have Teamer Battle Rage become immense, and we haven't been seeing those cards played much. Is this guy good enough being hexproof on your turn to make those viable? Holy moly, I never mm. even thought mm. of that. Mm. That's exciting. And kind of gross. Yeah, and I mean, for power, he already triggers the uh, Battle Rage. Although I guess he had Trample anyways. Yeah, kind of gross. I don't know, man. Um, I <laughs> um, hope that doesn't become a thing. Yeah, I was That doesn't tr- sound fun to play against. <laughs> I was trying it. You got him. You could curve uh, four has Vine Mare, maybe? Might be a deck. I'm almost certain there's better four drops than Vine Mare. Ah, uh. Okay, we'll think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll make that a list. All right, all right. We'll play with that one. Um, do you want to talk about the double, what are they called? Split cards. I'm going to hand this one off to you, Ryan, since I stole your last one. I stole your big... Yeah, your big I, uh... I, don't, I don't really care too much for Thrash and Threat. Hmm, so that's the red, green, red, green, instant creature you control deals damage equal to its power to, is it creature or planeswalker? Yes, creature yeah. or planeswalker. Or you can for four create a four four red and green creature. I, I, I just I've trample. never liked fight effects because you know there's too much good removal in frontier and you, you, okay I'm gonna target my guy and then target your guy. Oh, you killed my guy. Okay, they don't fight. That's mm-hmm. like one of the reasons why Jermuka's command is not really that good anymore. I think. You know, I've actually it's weird that you say that because I don't feel like I've ever felt bad casting Jermuka's command. I felt like I've always pretty much been pretty happy with it. Mm. I think. This card is a is a bit worse than Dramoka's Command in that, like, obviously the plus one, plus one counter was relevant, yeah. right, when it came to fighting things on curve. But I think there's also something to be said for this card is removal that's never dead into control game one. Yeah. It can not only hit Planeswalkers, which is great in red or green, but it also can be a 4-4 when you need it to be. Yeah, like... I think, again, we're just looking at another low-key playable card that I think you could throw into the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, its flexibility is really important uh, in, in, as a part of evaluating it. Uh, and then you guys didn't put it on the list here, but I actually thought the other red-green split card is an excellent card. So that's one and a red-green for six damage to a creature with flying as an instant. So basically plummet. I mean, that's going to kill pretty much any flying creature. And then the backside is red-green for an instant, plus four, plus two, 
and trample to a creature until end of turn. Mm. Also as an instant again. So that's that's quite a pump spell. I mean, four damage on a pump spell is a better rate than you know a lightning strike or something like that if you're in a, an aggressive deck. And having a removal spell as the other side of that seems like both effects that I'd want. I mean, it's such a narrow removal spell, I guess, is my problem. And I think... I think there's kind of like a lot of the aggro decks that used to run these pump spells, right? Like a Tarka mm-hmm. used to actually be pretty big on like the uh, the combo shoot, the, uh, the Temer Battle, Battle Rage combo, combo yeah. right? And then Fatal Push came out and demolished it. Like just that that version of a Tarka just stopped existing mm-hmm. pretty much immediately. Uh, so I think. Yeah, I think I think it kind of like that's why we don't play those kind of effects anymore. Uh, and I think I think it's a valid reason to this day, especially now. Like as much as this is a flexible removal card, mm-hmm. the removal part of it is just so narrow. Okay. Right. What do you think, Ryan? Because like, I'm not sold on my evaluation. That's just kind of like where my gut's going with it. Of the thrash and threat. I uh, know the one with plummet and collision, the pump spell. Collusion. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, collision colossus. I can't find that one. Not, I don't have the list up right now. Sorry. A uh, collusion colossus. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's not actually on the list. Uh, <laughs> Fink just brought it up. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, nah. I don't know. I don't know if I play six damage to a fire or or the plus four plus okay. two. I don't think. Well, it's then good. why don't you move us on to uh, kick us off with Simic? Yeah. So, we've got. Uh, birthing pod back, guys. Prime Speaker Vanifar. Four mana, two four. Sacrifice creature, search creature card with converted mana cost to one plus the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost and put that on the battlefield. Shuffle your library. You can only activate anytime you could act, you could activate a sorcery. So, is pod back? Is this good enough? Will this create a, a new archetype? What do you guys think? Nah. I, no? I'm not, I'm not building with it. Like, I can see where there's a little potential, but I don't need to do anything with it particularly. Yeah, I think at four mana, doesn't impact the battlefield. You already know where I'm going with this. Mm. So you don't... Th- well, I mean, it's definitely brewable. I think it'd be a lot of people brewing with it. Um, I don't think it has... I don't think we have enough good cards yet with the ETB effects. Uh, we, we still have okay, okay. a lot of those cast abilities, like you said earlier, but we don't have a lot of stuff that does, like, Thrag Tusk, you know, gain five life, you know, when it comes into play. So let me put it this way. I am semi-famous on UOL for brewing with a two-mana creature that turns into a 7-8 beater and wipes the board. (laughs) And people give me so much crap about how that's a bad card because it dies to removal and doesn't really impact the board right away. And you want to play this four-mana card that... Personally, I don't think the upside is anywhere near thing in the ice. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I, I could see her in like some kind of soul tie deck, maybe. <clears throat> like soul tie control, soul tie mid range. Uh, I'd want to do something more unfair, I want to say, but I, I don't know if that's possible yet. Mm. You know, I, I would want her to be pod, and I don't think she quite is pod. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the next one. Uh, Hydroid Crassus. So this is another one of our mythics we haven't talked about. Yeah, so that's X, one green, one blue. When you cast this spell, you gain half X life and draw half X cards. 
round down each time. Mm-hmm. Flying, trample, mm. and it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. I love it. What do you guys think? I love it. Would you? But would you guys ca- cast this for four mana, or I mean, for a total of four, or do you think you pretty much have to cast this at like six to get any value? Um, I mean, it does cantrip itself at you know four mana two two, which is not, I guess, the worst thing in the world, but pretty bad. Uh, like that's that's you know you're not in a good spot. But even you know at six mana in frontier, it's not the most powerful thing you could be doing at six mana. At eight mana, are you really getting to eight mana? So it's for me, it's kind of awkward. For me, this is. I think you could actually maybe like maybe play this in scales. Yeah, that's what I was uh, thinking. And I think, and I think there's there's a couple problems that this solves for scales. Um, we kind of talked about it earlier with uh, card advantage being a really big deal for scales. Um, and the second part of that is flying. Mm-hmm. Flying is actually really important in Frontier. Um, there's really not a lot of flyers to wall you off, right? So if you have a flyer, especially in scales where your creatures are all going to be huge, mm-hmm. uh, you drop us a four mana, gain a bit of life, replace it, and it's it's just going to be a huge flying beater that all of your creatures are. So it comes in as, so like if you cast it for, for X equals two on like turn... Uh, yeah, we'll guess turn four or whatever. Then it basically comes in as a four-four flying trample, and you gain one life, right? Well, maybe depends if on you have what hardened you have scales for, uh... to play. Yeah, I think you could very reasonably expect this to come down as a three-three flyer, gain one, draw one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that effect is uncounterable. Is the one thing that's nice about it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I don't know. It, it, I'm not saying this is the next big thing in scales. I think I'd like to see people play with it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go on to another card that you know I'm not the most sold about, but a lot of people are excited for. Frilled Mystic. Green, green, blue, blue. 3-2 Elf Lizard Wizard. Flash. Let's and when keep... it enters the battlefield, you can counter-target spell. So it's Mystic Snake, but with one more power for harder mana cost and some sweet creature types. Can you say that uh, creature type one more time? Three times fast. Uh, lizard, lizard, elf, wizard. One more time. Elf, lizard, so, wizard. Again, <laughs> Sorry. This is a card. Right, that yeah. I, this is a card that I want to be really excited about, but I had to kind of curb my enthusiasm. I thought, hey, why aren't we playing Chupacabra? If we're not playing Chupacabra, do I want to play this four drop instead? Mm, we'll see. Uh, I also don't know if there's a blue green deck that wants you know mid range cards in it. So, those are the two big that- question marks for me. I think Flash. You're underrating Flash, right? In the comparison with uh, Chupacabra. Yeah. Because both are going to trade one for one, but Flash is such a such a potent ability. I think kind of end of the day, uh, you're right in the call that there's no blue green deck for this right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But now. I also think I also think that's the only thing keeping this card from just being amazing. Mm. This card's really good. I think. Yeah, blue green and red so green say, haven't really seen any play in Frontier. Yeah, they're they're tough color combinations. No, no one's playing red green. They're playing a Tark, but that's like what? It's like ninety five percent red, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. So we also did talk about growth spiral. I know that Matt, you didn't get a chance to say much about it. You know, we talked about it as a possible ascendancy. We talked about it for Turbo Fog. Do you have any other uses for this card? Do you think there's other fair uses for it? Maybe. I don't know about fair. I don't think you ever really want to play this in a fair deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like. It's kind of what I said earlier, where like. Two mana cantrips are playable if you're interested in the extra little effect they're selling. Yeah. Uh, so I think the the most interesting place for this is combo. Uh, so we're looking at 
yeah like ascendancy combo we're looking at Escape the, shift. the other one you the other one you mentioned i forget what it's called uh, uh i think <laughs> i think yeah turbo fog i or think maybe sahili whatever you call it yeah Okay. I think maybe Sahili can make good use of this, uh, especially the the more spell heavy versions that tend to run Jace, because uh, it just to me this the the extra land onto the battlefield is like probably like half a turn worth of acceleration, right? You're never gonna get past that turn four threshold, uh, where you know that's where most combos can be executed in Frontier, but you might move up your your combo turn plus. Uh, What's the word for it? Uh, disruption, right? Plus holding up interaction to protect it. How many okay. lands would you be playing to get the ability, to the bonus ability? I mean, would you need to pay like 26 to be able to have a land and card to play? I'd start testing at 24. Okay. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think that Carson actually did talk about it, and, you know, he always does the magic math. But 24, 25, 26, somewhere around there. Depends on what kind of deck you are, I think, otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the kind of card where you're just you're not always going to get a land from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best early game when you can just slam it down. You're turboing out your combo as fast as possible. But late game, it'll just cantrip, and that's probably fine. Uh, I'm going to move yeah. us on to the one split card we really want to talk about here: Incubation Incongruity. So, green or blue for a sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You get to choose a creature from them and put it into your hand. You know, rest go to the bottom. Or, for one green-blue as an instant, you can exile target creature, and that creature's controller puts a 3-3 green frog lizard token into play. Mm. So, it's removal in green-blue, which is something I said I wanted to see. Um, I think it's the backside is a little weaker than I was hoping for, but I think that the front is a strong enough card that this is a re- very real card. Yeah, I'm on the same board. It's, it's such a weird card that it's just like... I, every time I reread this, I'm like, what the balls were they thinking? Like, it just, I don't, for one, because it's kind of color pie breaking. Like, uh, it's like basically Beast Within, right? Which yeah. is just a really weird, like, Marrow is all about how that card never should have happened. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And, but yeah, obviously digging five cards deep is, that's a lot of cards to dig. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it can uh, still flexibility miss, on but... the backside. Yeah, but flexibility on the backside. We're just like, here's the thing: most decks can't deal with Scarab God, mm-hmm. and this answers uh, it right away. Yeah, so and it's instant speed too, which is sweet. Uh, very solid playable. Okay. So I think I added Cynic Ascendancy. I don't think you guys had this on your list. Uh no, I did not. I, yeah, I don't put bad cards. <laughs> well, I don't put bad cards on the list. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's two mana, and so whenever one or more 1-1 one, one counters are put on a creature you control, put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. So if you're playing this in some kind of, uh, what do you call it, like scales deck, I could see this being like an mm-hmm. alternate win con or win condition. So it says at the beginning of your upkeep, if Simic Ascendancy has 20 counters on it, you win the game. And then also, plus, sorry, you can pay three mana and put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. I just don't really see it. Um, I'm happy to see if you can build a deck, but it wasn't one that stands out for me as powerful. So here's the thing I'm thinking, right? If you're a scales deck or any kind of plus one, plus one counter deck, and you've put 20 counters on your creatures, you won the game three turns ago. Yeah, always. Unless you're playing against Turbofog. 
I suppose. Uh, I mean, even then, you'll just put those 20 counters on a ballista, ballista and you should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you get ballista, yeah. All right. So um, I've got maybe one or two more. Zagana Utopian Speaker we didn't talk about. So this is two, a green and a blue for a 4-4 four, four Werefolk Wizard, legendary creature. When it enters battlefield, you draw a card if you control another creature with a plus one, plus one counter. Each creature you control with plus one, plus one counter has trample, and it can adapt four for six mana. I mean, I is it? I like it in scales, but then again, you guys might say it's it's just too heavy at four. I don't even know if it needs to be in scales, but I think if we've got some deck that has counters in it, I mean, four or four that draws a card when it enters the battlefield seems like a good enough rate for me. Well, the Incubation Druid, along with Rishkar... And that sounds like a, a good start for a deck. Yeah. I mean, even if you're just building around Explorer, right? Which one? Explorer. Yeah, all the Explorer creatures. Uh, and they're oh, careful yeah, yeah. as well. And I honestly think they're pretty good. I think I think the Explorer creatures are underplayed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think they just explore as a powerful mechanic. Um, I'm not sold on this card in particular. I think it has a few too many hoops to jump through. Uh, and at four mana... Um, like it doesn't like I think a big part of my evaluation of some of these cards earlier uh, that kind of had similar bodies was they were flyers. Hmm. Uh, this has no combat keywords, and if you control no other creatures with plus one plus one counters, it doesn't cantrip, right? So if you're if you're top decking late game looking for an out, well, it's a trample. You know, you got nothing. Late game, it's an eight eight trample. I have one more just to touch on on the same topic, which is Biomancer's Familiar. It's the green and blue 2-2 mutant that activated abilities cost two less, and it can tap to let something adapt again, even though it has plus one plus one counters on it. I just want to see if this could work. I think there's a few cool things that we could break in it with Frontier, so I thought it deserves a mention. I mean, like we were saying, the growth chamber century can now grow for one. You can do Eldrazi Displacer and blink things for one. Um, there's a few weird, interesting combinations. I also really like, uh, there's the Duskwatch Recruiter. You can search for a creature for one mana. Seems really good. So I'm, I'm going to try and mix those cards together and see if I can get something that works out as a real deck. You know, I actually think this card is playable. Um, I've kind of touched on it even in this episode where just, if you have a two, or sorry, a two mana two two, mm-hmm. and then it just does something neat. It almost doesn't matter how narrow that is, like as long as you can leverage it some of the time, right? Because we can we can afford to spend our turn two setting something up, yeah. Um, which which isn't really true of of turns beyond turn two. I, I'm not seeing something here that I think is. I'm not seeing anything super special. I don't think we have like tools to really break this yet. Okay, but it's I I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. The ability has potential, absolutely. All right, so we are reaching about two hours here. My dog has given me some ASPCAIs, so let's go quickly through our top five. Is there anything on people's top five that we didn't talk about the card individually? Nope. I think they're pretty much all in there. Uh, nope. All right, then can we kind of just run through them? I'll go... Uh, my, my, my number five, I did put into the, the spawn of Mayhem, the 4-4 demon for three mana. Yeah, he wasn't in my list. Didn't make mine either. Hmm. Um, but I, I'll go for my five now. Um, the my my five slot was actually really hard. I really struggled with it. Uh, and there's like four honorable mentions. It could have gone to any of them. Hmm. Uh, but my number five is Growth Spiral. Okay. Hmm. Uh, mostly because I think it's a solid, like it's just a really so- solid combo acceleration piece, and I expect it to 
see play in in uh shoot what is it both uh ascendancy and sahili i had that on my list as number three as well yeah for my number five i had rhythm of the wild i mean i think okay. it's gonna be a, a really good sideboard card i don't know if it's gonna have a main board you know slot anytime soon but i could be wrong but if anyone's gonna break it it'll be me or matt yeah we've been trying it a ton <laughs> yeah I, I i like where your head's at but i I'm, i can't i can't side with you uh, for my number four, I had the Incubation Incongruity. That's the blue-white split card we were just talking about. Mm. Or blue-green, sorry. Yeah, that didn't make my list, but I kind of... <laughs> it, it, it's one of my honorable mentions, where okay. it's just one of the ones that it could have gone to five. It was it was a really close toss-up. Mm. Really good card. Uh, very flexible. You know, that's kind of what all you can ask for. All right, so what else do you have? Because I'm curious what you were fighting over. Uh, so my number four is Quench. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just super solid, immediately playable. Uh, I expect control decks to run some number immediately. Yeah, I actually had uh, Quench in my number two. I thought that card is going to be quite strong. My uh, yeah, and I think it's hmm. go ahead. I was going to say my number four. I, I I chose Deputy of Detention. Hmm. Just because I respect because it. because Esper vehicles has been showing up more. Then we got blue white beam come. There's a blue white flyers becoming popular again and then we got bank company so there's a lot of different places you can slot it in okay so you heard my my three was growth spiral my two was quench so uh <laughs> i'm already covered ryan what's your three my three i think i'm gonna go with mortify just because it, it's not a four of but it just is gonna see so much play in sideboards maybe it's two ofs and decks there's a lot of different decks it can fit into okay it's another of my honorable mentions. It's, it's respectable. Mm. Uh, my number three is Gruel Spellbreaker. Mm. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm really curious what you had as your number two and one because that was my number one there, is Gruel Spellbreaker. Yeah. Although I, I think Gruel Spell... Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. What, I wasn't talking. I was, no, that, was that was me. I was just saying, I, I feel like I kind of just picked role, like clear role players. I didn't see anything that was so bomby that I wanted to put it ahead of those, so I kind of just put... These are my... my you know, They're role players. Uh, also, let's also mention that our zero is... The, the shocklands, shock yeah, didn't even talk yeah, about yeah, them, yeah, obviously, but those are gonna be um, yeah. the most impactful. Yeah, I think I think Gruel Spellbreaker is the most obviously powerful card, right? Mm -hmm. It's the most one that, like, you look through the set and and someone asks you what's the most powerful card in this set. I think in a vacuum, you're just Gruel Spellbreaker, no questions asked. It's it 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 looks beautiful straight up on paper, yeah, and it plays well. Um, I do have two cards that I think are going to be more important in the right. in the scheme of frontier all right well we've passed our time so so don't uh don't build the the hype just just go right into them <laughs> well ryan still has to do his yeah, ryan, yeah. Do your, do your number my number two. two is uh tithe taker like i said i like how this is going to fit into humans it, it can fit into like bat coco it can fit into you know aristocrats i just think there's a lot of uh brewing capacity with it okay uh so my number two is light the stage uh I think it's just a really powerful card. Uh, straight up card advantage a lot of the time. Uh, easy to trigger for a deck like Atarka. Uh, I think it just does a lot of things that the deck would want to do. And uh, the big number one? Uh, Skewer the Critics. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I think I think it's really good. I do. I played with it. It was it was impressive. Um, my game plan, I think, like I, I kind of talked about that already with Light the Stage and just being able to go to face a little more with things like like eight shock effects you know mm -hmm. uh so i think i think both are just really powerful powerful cards 
bad. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Yeah, I had that what as did you have, uh, I had it as number one, but after I hearing you guys talk about it, I decided to change it to an honorable mention, and I ended up okay. putting the devil at number one. Just because okay, that's also totally reasonable. I, I love think. Mardu, and I think Grixis it's going to be good too. So, all right, yeah, the devil may also made my honorable mentions, as did Frilled Mystic. Hmm, interesting. I have no honorable mentions. The set so is all terrible. Everything is bad. No, I actually. Uh, for anyone listening, I hope you enjoyed us rambling on and on about all these cards here. But we are Magic the Final Frontier, and we are your go-to source for Frontier information online. You can contact us at MTG Frontier, and you can go to mtgfrontier.net, our website. All right, and you guys can find me on Twitter at Yoshwanky if you want. Just tag me on UOL. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. All right, until next time, guys, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your Final Frontier, signing off.